Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is whole business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and no Jesus than to have everything and not know it. You need to confess it today. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart Because I'm grateful. Because I'm grateful, grateful. 
praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing from my heart. Christ, 
And we are so honored that you chose to worship with us tonight for the light of Portland. And we are in store for a treat on tonight. We have uh, with us Elder Ketty Copeland and Elder Catherine Brown. And we are just so excited that the women of God are with us on tonight. We give glory and honor to God, to Sherelle Pennington, and all of those that share the gospel with us week after week. We are so grateful. We are so thankful. We are um, looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us this coming um, November. I'm excited. want you to get excited. want you to tell somebody. We've got our lineup ready for November. Uh, Lady Beth Schreiber will be with us on the first Sunday. Amen. And then following her on the second Sunday will be um, Elder James Wooten. Third Sunday, Pastor Pamela Laws. Fourth Sunday, our very own Pastor J.W. Friday. And so we're looking forward to the Lord blessing us and being with us um, next month um, as we celebrate the Lord our God. I just want to remind us that it's election time. It's time to take the saints to the polls. I'm hoping and praying that we are praying, asking God, um, who is it that he would have us governor's seat? I know Georgia, we're rooting for um, Stacey Abrams and Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're rooting for Tina Kotet. I know that in uh, Washington, they're rooting for um, Governor Hensley. We're just praying that the men and women of God that have represented or demonstrated before us Micah 6 and 8. What is that, Pastor Black? Micah 6 and 8 says, love mercy, do justly, and walk humbly before our God. And that's what our nation needs. If, if it gets that level to the governor, if the governors can do that, then we can work our way up to the senators. And then if the senators can follow that word, we can work our way up to the presidency. So I hope and pray that you are praying for the different measures that are happening in your hometown um, that will keep um, us safe and, and, and provide for those that are marginalized, that are living in our communities. And so I pray that you are praying and that you are taking serious. Remember, folks died that we could vote. So we want to do our due diligence, and we want to vote. Amen? We want to vote. Uh, tonight, I want I need you all just to, uh, if you received a text message from me or from Pastor Sherelle, I want you to copy it and send it to two of your friends. Let them know that we're on tonight. We're ready to receive a word from the Lord. And we want to shake the foundation of Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada, the Carolinas, Texas, Georgia, Tennessee, with the word of God tonight. And we want to bombard heaven with our prayers. So we want you to tell your family and your friends to join us for the light of Portland. We're going to prepare our hearts and minds now to go to the throne of grace. Um, I'm going to yield this call over to um, Elder Catherine Brown, uh, who is a minister at the St. Paul Mission of Baptist Church here in Portland, Oregon. Following that prayer, we will have a song of preparation, and the next voice you will hear will be that of our speaker, Elder Ketty Copeland from Mapleton, Georgia. May you be blessed by the word of the night. May you hear something that will encourage you, something that will set your heart on fire, something that will cause your hands to clap, your feet to run, and joy to enter into your heart. May you hear something tonight that will have you lifting up your hands, saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Church, get ready, because we are in store for a blessing on tonight. Amen. I now yield this call over to Elder Catherine Brown.
Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Pastor. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, God, thanking you, Lord, for this opportunity, oh God, to touch and agree with the saints on tonight, oh God. Father God, we magnify your name, God. We glorify your name, God. We exalt your name, oh God. We say, come into this virtual uh, prayer. Come into this virtual message that's going to go forth, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just exalt you and lift it up to you, God. We surrender to you, O oh God. You said we can boldly come before the throne of grace, obtain mercy and grace in our time of need, God. And we need you in the earth realm today, O oh God. We need you like never before, O oh God. We're asking you, O oh God, to stand up in the earth realm, O oh God. We're asking right now, God, on the hills of every calamity, O oh God, everything that's going on that's not of you, everything that's not in alignment, O oh God, with your will, O oh God. We're praying right now, God, that the prayers of the saints will be heard, oh, God. And, Lord, I'm asking for you to get into Korea, oh, God, all those people, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, that were tricked into going to some Halloween, uh, yes, God, and trampled to death, oh, God. I pray that their death would not be in vain, oh, God. I pray that the spirit of the living God, in the name of Jesus, is moving in that country, is moving in that city, Oh, God, that somebody might be saved on the hills of this terrible situation, God, this calamity, this grief, this sorrow, Father God. You specialize, oh, God, in saving souls in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of crisis, oh, God. And we're asking you right now, God, to pour out your spirit, oh, God, not just there in Korea, Father God. We're asking right here in the Rose City, oh, God. Right here in Portland, Oregon, oh, God, we're asking you, God, to go up and down every block, every street, God, every house, Father God, every heart, God, every soul, Lord. We need salvation to come to this city, oh, God. We need for this gun violence, oh, God, to be put down, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We're asking you, oh, God, to cause weapons not to fire, God. We're asking you to dry up the supply, oh, God. We're asking you, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, to have people that are right with you, oh God, to pray in their neighborhood, oh God. Pray on their blocks, oh God. Pray that foul, unclean, murdering, suicide spirit out of this city, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, I'm thanking you tonight, God, that a mighty word from the woman of God is going to come forth. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts, oh God. Open up our ears, oh God. Incline our ears that we might receive, oh God. The engrafted word, oh God. Father God, you've been doing only what you can do today, God. Lifting our spirits, oh God. Blessing us, oh God. Touching the sick, oh God. Healing the sick, oh God. You've been raising people that are near death, oh God. You've been speaking through the voices of every man and woman that's preached your holy word today, God. And we're asking for just a little bit more tonight, oh God. We're asking, oh God, that you would anoint elders tonight, oh God. Anoint Elder Copeland, oh God, stir up that word, oh God, like rivers of living water, God, let it flow out of her belly, oh God, and touch and uh, give us what we need, oh God. And Father, I'm asking, oh God, for this ministry, God, that you would continue, God, to undergird it, oh God, with the kind of support and resources and intercessors, oh God, that are required in this season, that are required in this age, oh God, to let the word, oh God, the light of Portland go forth, oh God, into every crevasse, every dark place, oh God, every broken down person, every person that's been hit, God, by the trials and the tribulations of life, oh God, that this ministry, oh God, in the name of Jesus, can go forth, oh God, that people might be saved simply by hearing the word that's preached, oh God, through these radio airwaves, oh God. And Father God, I pray that everybody that's listening tonight, God, continue to draw us close to you, oh God. In the name of Jesus, let us be the ones that proclaim that you are the Lord of lords. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord and King over all of heaven and all of earth. Yes, God, we know that the prince of the air, Lord, you've given him reign in the earth, oh God, the prince of darkness. But God, he's not bigger than you. God, I pray that you would set Satan on his edge. Turn it upside down. We rebuke him in the name of Jesus and ask, oh God, that you would move him out of the houses, move him out of the business places, move him out of the church, oh God, move him out of every heart, every soul, Father God, that you can take up residence, oh God. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that people begin to know you, yes, God, for themselves, oh God. I pray that you would 
unleash your goodness on them, God, because you're just so good to us, oh God. I pray that your mercy that endure forever, oh God, overtakes them, oh God. I pray that we see that righteousness, oh God, that holiness, oh God, that abides in you, oh God, and that you have imparted to us, oh God. Let us stand up, oh God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, and let all things, God, that are not like you, Father God, to be compelled to either come to you and let you do the work in their life, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Save now, oh God. Build us up now, oh God. Yes, oh God, I pray that anybody that's dealing with strongholds tonight, oh God, Father God, you can destroy that. You said that the yoke, oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah, is going to break every chain. It's going to break that stronghold. It's going to bring your people into you need us to be God. I pray, Father God, that the that the the brokenness and the grief and the sorrow that some people are feeling tonight, oh God, that you would begin, oh God, to heal their hearts. Heal them, oh God. Comfort them, oh God. Let your compassion overtake them, oh God. I'm asking special prayers, oh God, for children and grandchildren, oh God, and even great-grandchildren, Father God. In the name of Jesus, oh God, I'm asking God that you would remove all the people that have tried to come into their lives, oh God, that is bad company, oh God. God, we can't afford in this day and this age for their character to be corrupted, oh God. So I'm praying, oh God, that you would move those bad influences out of their lives, oh God, and replace it, oh God, with people that have a relationship with you, that love you, that serve you, that try to do and obey your word, oh God. Let us be an example, oh God, to this dark world, to this perishing world. Let us be an example, oh God, to our children and our children's children. Let us be the one, God, that if they're looking for Jesus, they see Jesus in us, oh God. God, I pray, Lord, like you said, our prayers are set before you like incense, oh God. We're lifting up our hands, oh God. Yes, oh God, giving glory to your name, oh God. And you're the lifter of our soul, oh God. You are the one that's going to lift the soul of this nation, oh God. Oh God, continue to help us, oh God. Continue to be with every man or woman of God who's called to be your spokesperson, your under-shepherd, in the name of Jesus. Let the word that's being proclaimed, Father God, be the truth, O oh God, that you've revealed, O oh God. And I pray, Lord, that the word that's preached, O oh God, will not take anything away or add anything to it. Let it go out and do the work that you said your word would do, O oh God. You said your word would not return void. And we're expecting a blessing tonight, God, because the word we're going to receive, God, will not return void. No, God, it's going to root itself deep in our heart, God. Move in that word, God. We're going to be transformed in the areas that we need to be changed, oh, God. We're going to have the power that we need, oh, God, to run on for you. God, we'll be careful to give you the glory, oh, God. We'll be careful, oh, God, to give you the praise, oh, God. We'll be careful, oh, God, to surrender to you, oh, God. We'll be careful, oh, God, to show the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us show the love of Jesus. And Father. As we wrap up this prayer tonight, God, I'm just asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, a special prayer for my nephew, Daniel. God, you know what happened. And I'm thanking you tonight, Lord, (laughs) that he didn't die. I'm thanking you tonight, Lord, that you're a God who has mercy. You're a God who's given him another chance. I'm thanking you today that he's not a statistic, oh God. And I'm asking you, oh God, to reveal, oh God, not just our Daniel, but to everybody that's got something going on with a relative, with a son, with a daughter, that's uh, making choices, oh God. Yes, oh God, that are destructive, oh God. But uh, God, reveal the influence behind it. Reveal the people behind it and cut them off, oh God. Yes, oh God. When it happens and it knocks on your door, when the 14-year-old is the one in the high-speed chase, when the 14-year-old is the one in the shootout, when the 14-year-old God is in your own family, Lord, it reminds us, oh God, to pray without you, oh God, for every other child, every nephew, every son, every daughter. God, I pray, God, that the forces of wickedness that operate in the background Lord, that you would reveal, expose, and destroy them, oh God. And I'm thanking you for the mercy, God, that you've revealed, oh God, that there's still breath flowing through our mortal bodies and through my nephew. Father, I give you the praise. 
and the glory and the honor that you and you alone so richly deserve. Now have your way tonight, God, and bless us through the hearing and the receiving of this word that Elder is going to preach. Have your way and bless her, O oh God, that this mighty word can go forth and do it what your will has already ordained, preordained that it shall accomplish. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. Thank you, Jesus. Adoration and glory. It belongs to you always. Oh, you deserve my worship. Yes, you do, Lord. You deserve my praise, adoration and glory belongs to you always. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He's
I find it very fitting, very fitting uh, to encourage the intercessors, to encourage the watchmen, to encourage those who are finding themselves in a place where they're constantly praying, constantly making the sacrifice and fasting and just going before God with petitions and supplications. Amen. That this this is a word for for those intercessors, for people who get to a point in 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 the walk, in the daily walk and feel discouraged, start to feel like God can hear do hear us. Do you still answer prayers? Amen. Uh, on tonight for a title it uh have you can count on God. You can count on God, the Lord assurance. You can count on God. Uh, lifting up the text coming from Isaiah chapter 62. And this chapter is very rich, very rich as far as encouragement for God's people. Uh, here we find um, in the backdrop of Isaiah 62 that uh, the children of Israel, uh, Zion and uh, Jerusalem, have found themselves in captivity yet again. But I thank God that we have the ability to know that even in the time where it seems like we are defeated, that God is that God will still allow us to be able to come in and and and, and know that He is allowing us to continue to stay flat footed, to continue to pray, to continue to be the watchmen and watch women that God has called us to be, amen, that we can know and stand rest assured that God is able. We can count on him. We can count on him. We don't have to sweat. We don't have to be dismayed. We, with everything that's going on in the world, not only in the United States, but across the world, these things will not to be moved, we would stay steadfast. And so let's go to God and pray. Father God, every word that will be spoken, God, will come directly from you. God, thank you for just using me as your vessel of honor. Thank you for this broadcast, oh God, that it will fall on the ears of a people that is willing to hear, a heart that is ready to receive what you have to say on tonight. Oh God, that a life will be transformed, a life will be renewed, a salvation can take place, Lord God, because you found, oh God, tonight to be the night, oh Father, for change to take place as we continue to believe on you and to continue to stand and to count on you, oh God, and to be assured in you, oh Father God. We thank you, we love you, we adore you. If these and other blessings we ask in Jesus Christ's matchless name, we pray, we say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. And so starting off at verse 62, I'm going to read uh, Isaiah chapter 62 in it is in uh, entirety. Amen. It's uh, only twelve chapters, only twelve verses to this chapter, and it reads, "For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The, gen- the Gentiles shall see your righteousness, your glory. You shall be called by a new name." which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be terrified. I'm sorry, you shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your son marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I have set watchmen on your wall. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem 
of praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies, and the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who have gathered it, gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy court. Go through. Go through the gate. Prepare the way for the people. Build up. Build up the highway. Take out the stones. Lift up a banner for the people. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world. Say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. And so this is the scripture text that we find in the book of Isaiah 62, where Isaiah is prophesying. And he comes in and he begins to uh, uh, open up in verse number one. Where, where God speaks, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. Time when Jerusalem was still functioning as a city, but was spiritually corrupt. Still functioning as a city, but spiritually corrupt. And that is the atmosphere that we're in right now. We're still functioning as a country, but very spiritually corrupt. And it says here, for Zion's sake, I would not hold my peace. Verse number one, Jerusalem is conquered by the Babylonians. He speaks, God here is speaking words of comfort and assurance to those who are discouraged and downcast citizens in the city that is spiritually corrupt. He's speaking to his people, although they're all in bondage. What uh, stuck out the most in the scripture text is when God begins to uh, say, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. Zion and Jerusalem represent God's people as a whole, not just that place, but in general terms, all of God's people, all the ones that believe in God, says God says, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. He allowed me to put my name in the scripture. Wherever there was the word Zion or Jerusalem, put your name there. So it'll read, Starting verse 1, for Keddie's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Keddie's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth. Put your name in the scripture text. Make it personal because this is, this is what God is speaking to us, that even at the time where we feel like we want to give up, we want to get discouraged and be in dismayed by the things that we're hearing and seeing as we're continuing to do the work of God and praying and just staying before him to the best of our ability, he brings us a reminder. Now where it says, for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness. Well, what is God's righteousness? God's righteousness is simply God is right. His word is right. We use his word to judge every single situation because we know the word is what's true. We know the word, my opinion about a matter, is not true. But the word of God is always true. So in order for his righteousness to go forth as brightness within us, we have to go back to his word. And believe that his word, God, God's word is right. So when we see things happening or we hear things happening or people coming to us and they're sharing information, we go back to the word 
as we're praying and interceding for those things. God, your word is right. God, you are right. Therefore, I'm going to find the word that allows me to pray back to you what you said because you only hear and move on your word. So Zion and Jerusalem represented all of God's people. God is right to justify those who believe in Christ because of his sacrifice that he made for our sins. The God that dwells in us, that part of God that dwells in us, is that living word of God. And we ought to always have a word in our belly, a living word for somebody who needs it, that somebody may be able to drink from us. But we can count on God and we could be assured in him that whatever we may stand in need of, whatever the people who we're praying for may stand in need of, he can answer those prayers. Because as we continue to text, we're going to read and see how God, oh my, I said this, I found after I read this text, I said, look at the tradition of men has reared its ugly head into the scripture, and I had heard something all the time, and you probably heard it too when you get there. And I was like, but that's not even biblical. And God said, that's what I mean by my righteousness, my righteousness. God is right. My word is right. So we go on to verse number, number where are we at? Number, uh, let's go to number three. You shall be a crown of glory in the land of the, in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Now, back in verse two, the unbelievers. <laughs> verse two, where it says. And the salvation as a lamp that burns, the Gentiles shall see your righteousness. The Gentiles represent the believers, and also the Gentiles represent those who who go to church, but they yet have not made up in their mind that God is going to be their personal Lord. They don't have a problem with him being the Savior, but they have an issue relinquishing control over their life, so God, Christ has not become their Lord yet. So the Gentiles, he's saying that I'm going to allow your righteousness to come forth so that even the Gentiles will begin to believe and trust in your God. And he continues to say, the unbelievers and believers who are on the fence shall see that God is right, that is living and dwelling in us. They will watch to see how God has raised us up, which will cause them to trust God. The work that God is doing in each of us is intended to have long-term effect on more than just what we see now, but it's for the future to come. It's for Though it's a legacy that we're leaving through intercessions and prayer, it's not for just praying for right now. We're praying for even when we're not, when we when we cease from existing on this earth, there are those who are going to come behind us, and they can still reap the benefits of the prayers that we're putting in them. And the Gentiles shall see your righteousness. What are the benefits of, of counting on God's assurance? Number one, others will begin to trust in God because we chose to trust in God. Number two, we shall be called a new name. Old names and old nature will be taken off of us. He promised that in the scripture text. He said no longer in verse four, you shall no longer be termed forsaken or or desolate, and so we put it in today's terms, any word curses or any words that have been spoken over our life or, or, or not even spoken, the self-sabotage that we, have, we may have committed to our own self, 
God never, never intended. He says, I'm going to change your name. As a matter of fact, we're so important to God that he calls us royalty. He says, I'm going to crown my people with glory. I'm going to crown them. I said, whoa, God, if you're going to crown me, that means I'm, I'm, a, I'm a queen. That, and we read out of God's word, but do we really dissect and meditate what God is saying? I'm going to put a crown of glory on you? He's not just speaking something just to speak it. He's allowing us to know just who we are in him and just how much he loves us. After he changes our name, the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, and Revelation 3 and 12 tells us, in heaven we will have a new name. In heaven, when our transformation is complete, we will have a new name. That crown of glory in his hand, that royal diadem, we are so precious to God, means, hmm, we are his priceless treasure, his possession. We are his showpiece. He uses us. He uses our life as a showpiece to showcase just how, how, how much he loves us. We seek God for forgiveness for our sins, and we also seek sanctification from him. These are the ways that we can continue to be the crown of his glory. We're constantly in a place of asking God for the forgiveness. We're constantly in a place finding a way to sanctify ourselves, separating ourselves, not because we're thinking righteousness, not like the Pharisees' righteousness. They were self-righteous. We're sanctifying ourselves because God is right. We're trying to get to his word. We want to hear what he has to say so that we'll have the ability to deliver to the people what they need to know. So it's going to come with sacrifice. It's going to come with a time and a season where we just have to, we just got to get away. We got to steal away for a moment so that we can hear what he is saying. And so when Isaiah began to prophesy and speak this, the, 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 the children of Israel were in bondage, but he was yet able to speak a word of hope, of assurance that one day it's not going to be like this. Crowns and diadems, always beautiful. They're both adornments for the head of the king or the queen. The crown completes their attire. The crown is for the head. The head is the seating place of intellect. The crown is not for any ordinary head. It is for those who are royal. But not only is it, is it, it's not a regular crown, it's a crown of glory, God's glory. Crowns have to be handled with precious care. Crowns belong to those of royalty. A crown always lets you know that there is a queen or a king in the building. Crowns are to be handled with respect to believers and as, as intercessors, as kings and queens, so that we will know, you know, we're just not ordinary people. God has crowned us. He has called us to this. Now, when he tells tells us in verse four, you shall not you shall no longer be uh, termed forsaken, nor shall you, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. He changes our name. That word Hephzibah means my delight is in her. Beulah means Mary. So God is telling us that His delight is in us, and and He is married to us. He rejoices over us. There are times in the scripture where we where we see we shall rejoice in God, but here in the scripture he's telling us, I'm going to rejoice over you. 
so shall your God rejoice over you in verse 5. Now, verse 6 is the meat on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. Who is the they? The watchmen, the intercessors, the ones who pray, the ones who are standing in the gap. They shall not cease from praying day or night. They shall not hold their peace. We... (laughs) There's never not a time that we're not praying. The word even says men ought to always pray. He continues to say, you who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. What does that mean? Don't be quiet. Come back. Speak up. Make your petition. Make your request known to me. And give him no rest. Till he establishes. Let's go back to verse 7, and I'm going to read it. And this is where I said the traditions of men crept in and made us believe something that is not. Verse 7, and give him, capital H-I-M, referring to God, and give God no rest till he, capital H-E, meaning God, establishes and give God no rest until God establishes and until he, capital H, he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. God is telling us we should always be petitioning, coming back to him, what way we should not be praying to him. He even tells us, he is commanding us that we should not be silent coming to him. We've heard growing up, I've heard it, where people will say, no, you're supposed to just ask God one time and leave it be and leave it alone. Don't keep asking God for the same thing over again. That's not so. He just told us, and give him no rest. God says, because he, he's a, he never sleeps nor slumber. He never, he's restless. He does not go to sleep. He wants to be, he wants us to be just as restless as he is concerning the matter of prayer. We should be coming to him, petitioning him, until we see the end result. We should not cease praying unto him. We should not cease asking him for what we need, asking on behalf of the people as we pray and stand in the gap. If 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 that if if it was so for us to pray to God, we're only supposed to ask one time. Why then would He bring this scripture text right here? And then why then would He come back with the persistent widow in, in Luke uh, chapter? Is it Luke chapter eighteen? Luke chapter eighteen, verse one through eight, where He says at the opening of that chapter that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. It even said in that scripture text that this she troubled me. I will avenge her, lest by her continuing coming she weary me. That sounds like restlessness, the same restlessness that he's referring to in verse 7. And then again, why then would he come back and he give us the book of Genesis 32, 24 through 29, when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord? I'm not letting you go until you bless me. God is now confirming again that we need to come to him all the time. And we should not stop praying until we get the answer, the end result of what we're looking for. He says, where where me? Be like the persistent widow. He says, be like Jacob, wrestle with me. Don't let go. Don't stop. He's telling us and he's commanding us. This is one of God's commands in verse 7 for every intercessor. And give him no rest till he establishes and until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Don't stop doing what you're doing, even when it looks like it's not happening. Keep coming back to God until we see the result of what he said. Don't throw in the towel. But he he just told us we can count on him. Be be assured, rest assured in him through verse 7. Through verse 7, he starts off at verse 6 telling us and allowing us to know that he is a God that cares for his people, and he has a special place in his heart for those who are interceding. He is 
commanding us and telling us that what you do, the work that you do matters. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how they feel about the fact that you always want to pray. It doesn't matter how they feel about the fact that you always want to go on the fast. It doesn't matter how they feel about the fact that you want to turn away from Satan. It doesn't matter if you want to cut off television and you want to cut yourself off from people for a season. It doesn't matter because he commanded us to do this. He called us for, for, for this very purpose because he said, hmm, Longest, God, I never sleep no slumber. I want them to come to me and come to me with boldness. Come to me knowing that you can you can be like the persistent widow. <laughs> Unless you worry him. Worry him. Wear him out. <laughs> he said, come and wear me out. You don't make me tired. God is not human where human beings can only go so far before they get tired. God does not. He's, he, he got enough stamina. He can handle all our prayer requests at the same time where somebody is on one watch and somebody else is on another watch and somebody is on another watch. He can handle that. He's God. There's nothing impossible for him. What we've done is we've limited God to our humanistic uh, uh, mankind, the way we think and the way we perceive and the way we feel, and we think that's God. No, ma'am, no, sir. God is not tired. And he is not going to fall asleep in the middle of, of the prayer request. He never sleeps or slumber. And he continues to tell us and remind us in verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand. So now not only has he commanded us to uh, don't hold our peace, he's commanded us to not keep silent, he's commanded us to Stay on the wall as the watchman. He's told us to pretty much wrestle with him, <laughs> wary him, and then now he makes a promise. He said, you know what, I'm so serious about what I'm telling my intercessors that I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to just make a promise with my own self. Because if I promise with my own self, I know my own self ain't going to fail me. He can't do it with mankind because, remember, we, we, we subject to fail. So he said, I'm going to make a promise. He took it. The Lord <laughs> has sworn by his right hand. And by the arm of his strength, surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies. Why he knows that I won't take the, the grain, that which we have labored for, and give it to our enemies. He's going to see to it that what we work hard for, we'll be able to enjoy the fruits of, the, of our labor. And the sons of the foreigners shall not drink your new wine. For which you have labored, but those who have gathered it shall eat it. And praise the Lord, those who have brought it together shall drink it, my holy court. Now verse 10 is the salvation. This is where we get to the salvation. He says, go, go through, go through the gate. Go to the people. Build up a highway. Build up a stone. Why? Because offer them salvation. Give them a way. Give them a direction that they will have an opportunity to see Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. How can you do that tonight? By Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe with thy heart that Lord, the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. He calls the intercessor. So we must continue to go on and build and to do the work that God has called us to do. And in the end, he says, we will be sought out. A city not forsaken as we continue to offer Christ to each and every person who needs it. So if you don't have an opportunity to know this Jesus Christ that I'm talking about tonight, tonight can be tonight can be the night that your name changes. Tonight can be the night that, that relationship is built so that you too will have the ability to know and be crowned with the glory of the goodness of God. Salvation is free. But the walk of, of Christianity, the walk to be like Christ, comes with the price of sacrifice. But in the end, the result is God promises and he assures us that we can count on him. Amen? Pastor Black, I turn it over to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Timely word on tonight. You know, if there's one thing that the body of Christ needs to do, it's we need to pray. And we need to be busy being about our Father's business. 
for tonight, Elder Copeland has given us the word, and and we just need to be obedient. We just need to to stop playing around and and be serious about the call that's on our lives. And God has called us to stand on the walls. He's called us to be intercessors. He's called us to work out our own soul salvation and then to help ensure that others come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that we've got to believe, saints of God. Thank you, Elder Copeland, for that word on tonight. My brothers and sisters, I hope that you've been blessed by the word on tonight. I hope and pray something has been said that would encourage you, that will strengthen your love relationship with the Lord, and that will um, have you hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I pray you heard something tonight that will um, have you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, give me opportunity to pray for somebody. Lord, give me opportunity to be a witness for you. Thank you so much, Elder, for that word on tonight. And thank you to each of you who joined us tonight on the Light of Portland. It is our prayer that the Lord will continue to bless you, keep you, watch over you, that he may continue to make his face shine upon you and to continue to give you grace. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us hence now and forevermore. What I say unto one, I say unto all, let us watch, pray, and live holy every day. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Until next Sunday, be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Will you receive Minister Natasha Cobb tonight? Come on, put your hands together like this.